Welcome to American Football in Finland, where a few of us Americans in Finland discuss the football being played here every week. You can follow us on Facebook at American Football in Finland, or check out the latest show on perfectpurpose.com slash AFF. And now you can even subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Just go to the podcast section and look for American Football in Finland. I'm Perfect Purpose, and I'm here with my co-host Jabari Harris. Hey, what's good, everybody? And our special guest host this week, head coach of the Helsinki Roosters, Q Floyd. Hey, moi moi. <laughs> First of all, I don't know if you haven't been keeping up with Finland. Um, the Maple League had a league-wide bye week last week for the midsummer holiday. Uh, and before we even get into anything, I wanted to talk to you guys about your midsummer. How was your midsummer, Jabari? Uh, it went well, man. Had a, a great time just uh, being away from everything, uh, getting out of work and just being able to enjoy the family time and kick it with the boys a little bit. So, man, I think it went well. We had some pretty decent weather and uh, I think everybody is slow to getting back to work this week. I know I am. What about you, Q? How was yours? Uh, my midsummer was okay. I spent most of it a little bit uh, under the weather, um, but I did get to have a little fun and some nice barbecue, a little sauna. So uh, it was it was pretty nice overall. I enjoyed my midsummer more than what what you would expect. I got to start it off, of course, doing the live videos with Jabari, and uh, we even talked to you at one point, Q, and a couple of different players in the league. So the week was pretty awesome. And then barbecued like everybody else. I attended a wedding on the Saturday of midsummer. That was pretty awesome. And then I got to go and do a little bit of drinking with my Finnish grandma, and that was pretty cool. We popped champagne on Sunday, you know? So enjoying it out here, man. I don't know about y'all, but I'm loving it. It's just a good time. Love these holidays. Yeah. Uh, so getting back to the Maple League, just thought I'd talk to y'all a little bit about that. Um, since they have the bye week and stuff, today we're going to talk about the playoff race, where we think teams are going to finish the season and how we see them going forward from this midpoint. And then we'll also talk about the different MVP candidates in the Maple League. And we'll finish it, of course, with this week's game to watch since the Maple League will be returning to action on Thursday. Okay? So, first thing we'll talk about is playoff predictions. Uh, instead of us doing like we did at the beginning of the season and each one of us ranking the teams, we've already discussed how we want to rank the entire league. and We've come to a consensus, so... We're just going to give you one ranking. So we'll start from the bottom and then work our way up. Uh, the team that we think will come in seventh place, which is last this season, it actually coincides with how we started the season, most of us. We still think it's the Turku Trojans. Now, there's a lot of things to be said about why that, but I'll let you go first, Jabari, and let us know why you think that's where they'll land. Well, uh, I like to start by saying uh, that the uh, I feel that the Turku Trojans are going to finish last for the simple fact of they are just not in position uh, on the offensive or defensive side with their depth and experience to uh, be able to compete for a playoff spot this year. Um, we've seen the last game versus the Saints. Even though they are playing better, they're still not producing enough on the defensive or offensive side to win games. Um, I don't think they have enough big players on either side of the ball to get them over the hump. And I think that teams only are getting better 
like the San Diego Crocodiles after this break. Uh, most teams are adding more depth. They're adding more players to help them. And I don't think that the Turku Trojans have enough firepower to make a push for any other place besides last right now. Yeah, I think it's more of a – not we think they're a, the worst team like in the world or something like that, but when you compare them to every other team, you can't put them on top of anybody. Uh, they have some some really good players, and they brought in new players. They're adding depth, but everybody else is adding depth too. So, like, at this point, I don't think that they're going to be able to make a big enough turnaround to really beat anybody consistently. I still think they might pull off a win against one of the lower-ranked teams, maybe even upset a top team. But in the grand scheme of things, you can't see them doing anything but being the, the basement seller team and being relegated back to Division One. Uh, Coach Floyd, you got any views on Turku Trojans? Uh, well, I just think Turku's, uh, you know, they start out some games with some high intensity. Um, but when you're not finishing driving, putting points up on the board, it kind of it kind of is a damper for the rest of the team. And I think that's kind of what they're going through is is defense is coming out trying to play real hard. Um, they're making plays, but not not enough big plays. And um, with any team, if, if your defense is playing good, but your offense isn't putting points up, um, you find yourselves in games where you know the other teams start getting it going, and you you just can't seem to get over the hump. And um, I think that's Probably been Turku problem. Anytime you change the imports um, in the middle of the season, you kind of in, in not I won't say desperation mode, but you kind of in panic mode because you want to win some games, and uh, the games are passing by. So I think Turku, Turku may be able to you know give us some surprises. Um, it's just all up to those guys and, and you know and, and making those big plays. Well, the team that we got in sixth place coming ahead of Turku, but still at the bottom of the league is the Tampa the Saints. Uh, I'll lead it off about the Saints. I think the Saints have a lot of potential on their team, but I, I don't think they really recognize their actual identity yet. Uh, in the last game they played, you saw that offensively they used their quarterback as a runner, which is what he is, and then they also relied on Tiny Juice and both of the uh, lame, lame boys making plays for Murray receivers. So they, they have star power, but mm-hmm. in all honesty, so far this season, they haven't really shown that they're willing to stick to what they're good at all the time. And I think down the road, that's going to be an issue for them when they get in games where you get behind and you can't run. When they played against Turku, they were ahead so they could do what they want. When they play against some of these high-powered offenses in the Maple League, their defense is still Swiss cheese. I don't care what anybody say. Defense can't stop a cold. So uh, the only offense they stopped with Turku, and they still gave up 400 yards. But if they play anybody else, other teams going to know how to score on them. When they get behind, they they get into that, okay, well, now we got to pass. And in all honesty, passing is not their go-to. They need a team to respect their run so they can pass. And if you get ahead of this team, it's over. And in my opinion, that quarterback isn't going to throw you back into the game. Even though he has receivers and playmakers around him, that's just not his style. He's a runner. So they need to stay ahead in these games early so that they can compete. I'm just not sure they can do that against all the talent in the Maple League. What about you, Q? What do you think about the Saints? Uh, I 
think they're, you know, a young, hungry team. Uh, they just had some unfortunate uh, things that happened to them as far as in games. Um, they played a lot of a lot of the top, you know, good teams first mm-hmm. at the beginning of the season, so they didn't get a chance to really gel and, and work together. They kind of just came in, and next thing you know, people were putting points up on them, and they were just trying to figure out something. Um, but I, I, they want to have won a game. So, uh, you know, I, I think they, they do have some progress over there, and uh, hope I, I'll be happy to see what happens the rest of the seasons for them. What about you, Jabari? Um, I kind of agree with both of you. Um, I still think that they're not going to be a team that's uh, strong enough to make a push for the playoffs. I think that um, I probably think that the only team right now in the league that they will beat is the Turku Trojans. Um, I'm still surprised of <laughs> the the quarterback situation. I mean, I mean, like we all know, I mean, he's a running guy. He's not much of a passer. And I think that um, if they continue to figure that out, like if they allow him to do what he does best, which is run, I think they they will progress in that system and those young guys will get better. But I still don't think that they're going to get past the sixth seed in the league this year. Yeah. All right. So moving on, the team that we think is going to come in fifth place, we picked the Senayoki Crocodiles. Jabari, I'll let you lead with this one. (laughs) Uh yeah, I mean uh Sanioki, I think they were probably one of the more more surprising teams of the league this year. I mean, coming off the last two seasons of being one of the the top two teams in the league, um I think that this was like we all know we've been talking about it all summer. They've been uh rebuilding, but they have made more moves during the break as far as bringing in more help. I think that they're really going to try to make a push for that fourth spot uh because they're they're knocking on the door. But I think that if a team like Port Ruavasa can, you know, just manage to just get another win over them, it's going to keep them at fifth. So um, they're going to be a team that's in the hunt. And that's what I want to say about them. Uh, We didn't expect them to be as bad as they've been this first half of the year. I mean, it's been a long time since they've been in this position. But I think that because of – I think that just because of them – you know, rebuilding and restructuring the team, I don't think that bringing in any more players is really going to help the overall core of the team. And that's why I think that they're going to probably stay at fifth place. But don't be surprised if they make a jump and take the fourth seed. I think uh, the Crocodiles are probably, they're going to benefit the most from this 12-game season in the Maple League. They're one of the few teams that's in a position that You've seen in games that they've been able to hang with the top teams early on or they'll come out just firing away and then they kind of dwindle towards the end of the game and you want to say, well, they just don't have enough depth. They're stretching their star players too thin. They've had a lot of injuries from the beginning of the season. I think in the first game, their running back was injured and basically fighting injuries for the rest of the season. Uh, DJ Washington, who could be a two-way player for them, he had injuries holding him back. So they've played the first half of the season with not even an entire roster. Now they're going to bring in someone probably to help on that running back position. And that's going to help them. If they bring in anyone on offense, it's going to help them relieve pressure from some of their players who are playing offense and defense. Their running back right now, he's a defensive guy. He's a linebacker. But he's been playing, uh, what is his name, Yaska Varanen? He's been playing mm-hmm. lights out at running back for them, but he's also the starting linebacker. So that's going to wear on you. So they're going to try to add depth, but they they still haven't found exactly how they're going to balance between these players playing both ways 
and been able to compete for four quarters. What they have over the other two teams that we've mentioned is that they've competed in almost every game they've played. Like, you've seen that they have the potential. They've just got to figure out a way to get it. And I think it's more about, for them, it's going to be more about their coaches and their import players figuring out a way to steal some of these wins against a team like Porvo Butchers, Wasser Royals, or even the Huskies if they can. I think that they can steal some of those wins. And even though we have them at fifth, like you said, this could be the fourth place team if they figure it out. I don't know if they will, but right now they look more like a fifth place instead of fourth place. What about you, Coach Q? Um, I, I think they could somehow uh, manage to make a push for that fourth place spot. Um, like you said, if, if these guys get healthy and, uh, you know, the imports are the linebacker. I know he's playing pretty good, uh, making a lot of plays for him. But, you know, they bring imports over here to be great and not average. Yeah. And uh, if you get an average play from your imports, um, your team is only going to go so far and only, only be able to do certain, so many things. Um, but I think right now, they're, like you said, they're trying to find a way to somehow get it going. Um, but the import play just definitely has to step up if they want to have a chance of making the playoffs. And uh, their best shot is, you know, Porvo uh, making their import changes and, and maybe not clicking. And then the Crocs can still a few wins. So, um, like I said, I, I'd be happy to see what happens with them, too, towards the end of the season. So, speaking of Porvo, we have in fourth place for this season, we have the Porvo Butchers being the fourth seed in the playoffs. And I'll start off with the Butchers. In all honesty, take away those injuries to that running back and that quarterback, and they're easily the number three team. Like, no doubt about it. But now we have to see. They're bringing in new imports. What's going to happen? How are they going to respond? They've proven that they have a very strong finished core of players who can play with the best in the league, hands down. They can compete in this league, but now we have to find out or will they get similar production from their imports? If they get similar production from the imports they bring in, then they're probably going to be a lock at number three instead of number four if they can just plug them and it just keeps going. But if there's a transition period, if there's a few weeks, if it takes three or four weeks for those imports to gel with this team, then they could lose a couple games and that's going to knock them to fourth place. Or maybe those imports come in and they – do a 360 and try to change the entire scheme. I don't know what they're going to do, but I still think that just with the finish talent they have right now, they can limp into fourth place. But if those imports come in and help them, this could be a team that could actually make it to the Maple Bowl. Who knows? But right now I have them ranked at fourth, and I think that that's a good spot for them because it gives them a little leeway right now. Um, They might lose a couple of games that they shouldn't have lost because of the transition. That's how I feel about it. What about you, uh, Coach Floyd? Uh, I think I think Porvo is one of the stronger teams. Um, besides their running back and quarterback getting hurt, like you said, it'll be it'll be nice to see what happens when the new imports come in to see if they can keep that momentum going. Um, I think the running back and the quarterback that that's leaving, I think they're real strong together. So uh, it'll be it'll be nice to see if the tools that's coming in will will be the same way give that same push um but if not i don't see them being you know i think they could still be in that third fourth place um possibly third if if they come in stronger so um let's see you know second half is coming let's see yeah and you jabari 
Um, I agree with both of you. I mean, like I said, they had a great start to the season going 3-0. Uh, they finally got a chance to go up against some uh, the top three opponents in which they failed, but they played uh, pretty good games. Uh, I think it all just comes down to how they replaced their key players, Jordan Moore and Darian Hall. I mean, obviously those were the staples of that offense. Uh, beyond that, the defense has been playing pretty decent. Um, they've been able to be one of the top four defenses in the league. So I think that if they can just continue to uh, – if they could continue to build, uh, obviously if they get the imports that they need to come in and just win the games that they need to win, and that's what it is for them. I mean, obviously they need to beat the Saints. They need to beat – the Crocodiles in May, if Turku, depends on how Turku does. I mean, really, honestly and truly, if they win the games that they need to win, they can stay at their fourth spot and they'll be fine. So I think that they'll have enough firepower to at least do that if they get the quarterback and running back situation under control. All right. So now we're going to the top three teams, which pretty much is the, the same teams that we said before the season – but in a slightly different order. Uh, for the third place team, we got the Wasser Royals coming in third. And I'll lead it off about the Wasser Royals. Uh, they're getting third place basically by default because they don't need to change too much. I, I hope that they still do find some way to add depth because they've shown in the season that when they're missing a few players, it totally changes what they look like. When they lost uh, their linebacker on defense and when they lost a receiver on offense, it changed both of those sides of the ball for them in their gameplay, and it was a big deal. So for them, they really have to focus on staying healthy the second half of the season and being able to provide depth at some of these positions if there are small injuries that make a player miss a game or two or something like that. Because right now, they're just proving that even though this team is talented, as a team, as a whole, they they have their weaknesses. And so far, a lot of teams have found out ways to exploit those weaknesses. But you can't put anything past them coming in third place because they are one of the most talented teams in the league. And like we just said about the Butchers, the Butchers have a lot of question marks now. You don't know how it's going to happen in the second half. The Royals, you kind of understand what they're going to be good at. And you can respect that, even though I said before the season that they were my favorites to win the league. And I'm going to keep saying what I've said earlier. If they don't play better, I will be calling them out every week on this show because they should be a better team. I don't mind that we have them ranked third, but they do need to play more consistent to do anything more than just be the third place team. Right now, they look they're third place at the end of the season. But it doesn't look like they're the best, one of the best teams in the playoffs. They're the third seed that if they play a fourth seed that's hot, they would lose. Or if they play a two seed, you don't think they're going to win. So I know it kind of sounds like I'm saying a lot of bad things about them, but we do expect them to play better in the second half. Jabari, what do you got about them? I absolutely agree with you. Like I said, I think that the third place. Uh, simply because of how the other teams have played, not because that they've done anything to just solidify themselves as third. Um, we still want to see if that offense is going to pick it up and if that defense is going to be able to play big in big-time games. Uh, right now, they're 3-2, and two, and I think that they can't even 
this is a team that shouldn't even be satisfied being at third. Um, I think that on paper and just by experiencing how they did last year, this is a team that could easily on paper or should be in contention with the top two spots. And the fact that they're not there right now should really fire them up to want to step their game up to be there. Um, obviously, they have a lot of weapons. I mean, right now, Justin's not playing his best football. I mean, he has nine interceptions, nine passing TDs, and he's one of the bottom three QBs in the league. So what we're going to have to see from this team in order for them to get going, Justin's going to have to play better, and they're going to have to do a better job getting RJ involved. I mean, right now, he's leading the league in yards, but two total receiving touchdowns, that's unheard from RJ. I mean, uh, all his three or four seasons in the league, he's been a guy that at this point easily has six to 10 receiving TDs. So we're going to see if this offense is going to progress and allow him to play as the big time player that he's playing. The good upside for them is they have a decent young defense and they have more players that are coming back. Um, Chris Young is still playing a great, uh, a great, he's playing great on defense right now. I think he's leading the league in tackles with 42. So, I mean, they're a solid third-place team, but still, the situation that they've put themselves in, they can either go forward or they can drop to the fourth or even out. And that's like we talked about last week. Between the third and the fourth and the sixth <laughs> seats in the, in the league, it's only a two-game difference. So, if they continue to play in this funk, it's easily to see a team like Vasa drop to fourth or even out of the playoffs. So, let's just see what they do. What about you, Coach Floyd? Um, I, I think everybody's kind of surprised to uh, see Vasa where they are right now. I mean, as far as the imports and and the hopes that uh, a lot of people had for them before the season um, started. Um, I think more than anything, uh, you know, Justin in that offense, we haven't seen him be the Justin of old that we're used to. And uh, I think that's a problem. Um, but like you said, it, you know, teams are starting to load the box. They're starting to keep, uh, you know, two people over RJ. So it's kind of making things hard for the Royals to do anything on offense right now. Um, I think they are a strong team. It can be a better team. Um, they just have to get it going and be, and be able to to uh, keep the momentum and finish drives. I will say the number one thing for Vasa right now is turnovers. Um, I mean, I, I'm not sure how many interceptions Justice has right now, um, but I know that plays a part. Uh, when you play in certain teams, is controlling the turnover margin, and that's something they haven't really, really been doing. Um, they they cannot uh, lose any any crucial games right now um, for them for their you know playoff run. So I think now they have to play the best football they possibly can play um, these these games coming up. So uh, Vasa, we'll see. You know they could easily be second place if you know they get it going, or, or even first if they make really make a run. You know, and I'm speaking from a from a football standpoint, not the head coach of the Roosters standpoint, but uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see what Vasa does. You know what? I'm I'm gonna add a little segment here because I know as you both talked about Justin Sardelaire as kind of the, the issue for them. Uh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna ask you both a question, just an open ended question, and I'll tell you my thoughts on it, of course. But with the Justin Sardelaire situation, is it more of a well? He's this type of player, and now the system he is in, he's not playing well in? Or is it more of a, well, he's this type of player, and now we see him for who he really is? Because previously, he had so many good weapons around him that you didn't really need to have him do a lot, and he was successful. 
this offense is a different system. This is more of a pro-style offense. A lot of his throws aren't going to where people are wide the fuck open. Excuse my language. Uh, a lot of his throws actually aren't even going to people who are open. He's throwing into a lot of double and triple coverage when he's trying to force the ball to R.J. Long at times. And sometimes when they're in the red zone, he's the reason they're turning the ball over. They get to the red zone and they get eight, nine people in the box. There's nowhere behind the end zone. He forces the ball, turnovers happen, and that's what they're missing a lot of times is they're driving the ball sometimes and then turnovers, like you said. So my my main question for you two guys, and I'll let Jabari, you can answer it first, is is Justin Sautelaire the problem or is the problem that Justin Sautelaire is in a system that he's not comfortable with? I'm going to say it's a combination of both. <laughs> and the reason I say that is, um, okay, for one, uh, going back to Justin's whole European career playing, uh, even before Finland, he's been a, in a spread type of offense that has allowed him to basically do what he does based off the run game. And what I mean by that is he's been in the system last two years in Stanioki where they've had uh, import running backs that have been able to, you know, do a lot of work on the ground, little speed backs that he's been able to feature even with those good receivers that he's had mm-hmm. out of the backfield or on screens or just doing a good job of keeping the defense honest. Now he's in the offense where it's not like that. I mean, he has a pro-style offense that where he really has to read the field. He really has to be efficient with his arm. He can't just sling the ball all across the field. And I think that it's kind of showing that that's who he is. I mean, even going back to some of the big games last year, let's not forget in the Laker Bowl last year when um, they had a a 7-0 trail with the Roosters in the uh, final and they got down 10-0 in the final and it came down to Justin having to make a push to get the team, you know, back in the game and he threw an interception. Uh, Justin has always struggled in the Maple League in the red zone. And that's because of the type of player he is. What people have to understand is Justin is an all-out gunslinger. Mm. He's one of those type of Brett Favre-type quarterbacks where he's going to take risks, and he's comfortable taking risks. But in the past, he's been able to do that for the simple fact of he's had receivers that when he takes those risks, they'll come down with the ball. Now he's in a situation where, yeah, he may have Spencer, but Spencer is not a replica of R.J. Long four times. In San Yoki, his first year, he had the pleasure of having a 6'7 tight end in here in Henry. He had uh, Spencer Cutlin. He had Timothy Thomas. They had an import running back. And I think that now that he's in Boston, where he's actually around more young talent, plus RJ and Spencer, that we're starting to see a bit of the true Justin. Now, I'm not going to take anything away from him. Let's not ignore that even though he's thrown 40 touchdowns in a Maple League before, he still had 16 interceptions in the season. So the interceptions are not anything new. It's just that now that he's not putting up the numbers on the other side of the stats, people are starting to say, okay, his style of play is not good. 
And I think that that's a combination of the system and the combination of just who he is. Because in this system that Booker's running is very sophisticated. It's pro style. It seems a bit of West Coast. I don't think that it fits Justin. Because like I said, Justin's always been in a system where you know where the openings are going to be. You know where certain players are going to be. Just put the ball there. What we're seeing now when they come out with two back and a tight end and it's just two receivers on the field at three, you have to be right for the simple fact that numbers are never on your side anymore. You're not seeing a lot of empty anymore. Mm-hmm. You're not seeing a lot of trips. Hell, now they're not even doing a lot of doubles until they're trying to come out of a hole. So now Justin has to be correct every time, and we're seeing that he's not able to do that on a consistent basis. That's not me being biased. That's going based off of what we see on film, and the stat sheet doesn't lie. I mean, in years before, Justin was easily a quarterback completing 67% of his passes. I'm looking at the stats now. Justin's nowhere near close to 60% of a completion rate. With nine interceptions. Hell, he has just as many interceptions as Tampa Bay Saints quarterback does. So what does that say? Damn. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Q? What do you what do you feel about it? <laughs> uh to just, you know, tag along with what you guys have been saying. I think if you decide to to get an import like Justin, um, like Jabari said, he's a gunslinger. And you have to take the good with the bad. Um I think this first part of the season we've just been seeing a lot of the bad. Mm-hmm. Um he is capable, I think, of putting up a lot of points and and uh, offensively being being unstoppable at points. Um, but I do not think he's comfortable in the offense that they're running right now. Um, I think if you do sign him, you have to let a guy like that run his offense, run what he's comfortable running, and uh, and let him be successful at that. Um, when you come out in two back sets, um, you take away from having an extra receiver, which is what he's used to, and I think he kind of limit you know what he can do. And you limit his options. Like I said, everybody's pretty much bracketing RJ. So that only leaves him pretty much one receiver, uh, you know, Spence or or the other number 19 guy. And that and he's sometimes. So uh, I think I think he he just, you know, has to has to make better plays, better decisions, and uh try to control those turnovers. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna say one last thing about it, because I mean, I think this is gonna be something we're gonna watch all season is uh, the Royals situation. Uh, the coach comes in with a pretty sophisticated offensive scheme that I think it fits their personnel because they, they don't have a lot of players. So you don't you don't have the opportunity to have four receiver sets very often. Because if you do, you have people like Stacey Thomas coming over to play receiver because they don't have that many receivers in the first place. So the two-back set, tight end sets, they're using linebackers to be fullbacks and tight ends, and that works for them. But at some point, they're going to have to realize that doing what works for your personnel might not be what's best for you to compete in this league. Like Right now, it seems like they're doing what, what they want to do, which is great, but it might not be what they're best at. This team might be better if they open it up and let Justin Sotelaire, you know, do some more things out of four receiver sets. Now, will they do that in the second half? Who knows? It might be something they incorporate into the offense. Now that they have a better understanding of this offense, there might be some variations that Booker has in it that we haven't seen yet. And I really hope that there are and that it works out for them. But right now, that's the, the biggest issue I see with the Royals is Sautelaire and the system. 
which one is going to be best for them to actually compete for a Maple Bowl this year. But moving on, uh, the number two team that we have this season, for, to finish number two this season, we have the Hamelina Huskies. And I'll let Jabari lead this one off. Um, I don't think it's a surprise that the Huskies are doing well. I mean, at the beginning of the year, you know, we placed them to be in the top three anyway. So I think that they've lived up to their expectation. I think that Stan has done a good job with the uh, culture of this team. And what I mean by that is, you know, he he's done a good job of bringing in the right pieces to kind of get the idea of being a top team and to being able to compete in the Maple League and to getting those guys to believe they can do it. I mean, right now, I think they're four and one. Uh, they've had one loss against the best team in the league. So I think that uh, they're doing a good job. I mean, besides the Roosters, they've done a good job of capitalizing and beating everybody else. So I think that they have a great shot to, you know, continue to push to be a solid second place team where, like I said, if they push harder to try to sneak into the first place spot, I think they have a very dangerous offense. What Stan is doing has been working. Um, their defense is playing. I think they have one of the top two or three defenses in the league. And they're, we have to remember that they're a first-year team. So, yes, we can have high expectations for them, but understand that they're still a first-year team and they have to continue to grow in the Maple League. Other than that, I think that the Huskies deserve to be in the second spot and they're doing a good job, and I'm excited to see what they do in the second half of the season. What, what are your thoughts on it, Q? Uh, I think Stan has, has done a good job of, uh, you know, putting out his knowledge uh, to his team. Uh, the main thing is is making those guys believe they can win. And, uh, you know, I think uh, the first-year season thing, I think you'll go through first-year season uh, problems, which I think they might have came into against us. Um, they actually have a lot of players that can make plays. I mean, they have a dangerous offense. Like they, they have athletes all over the field. Um, so you do have to play great against them. Um, they they are they are you know deservingly of the number two spot right now, um, record wise. I think uh, they won't lose too many games um, going on this second stretch of the season. Um, so they'll they'll be a team that you. I don't think most teams would want to play them the first round of the playoffs. Um, so I think they've been doing a good job. I mean, first year or not, they've won the games they needed to win. Um, obviously they'll get better. And like I say, you know, Stan has those guys believing and they, and they really are playing hard and trying. So um, I think they're pretty good, you know, staying in that number two spot. I think a, a good thing about the Huskies being at number two is they deserve it and they've proven it. They did more than what we expected early, putting up 50 and 60 points in games against the lower teams to let people know that, hey, we're a Maple League team, not a team that's from Division One. So they, they proved that they belonged. And they had that one bad game in the rain, but, I mean, it was wet. They're a high-tempo air raid offense. A lot of things happened. That one game, they had a lot of drops in the rain. So what can you do about that? And then the only other game that they actually lost, which was another game that wasn't to the potential that you want them to play, they played against the best team in the Maple League. The difference between the Huskies and the Roosters right now is that championship mentality. Uh, when they played against the Roosters, they moved the ball well against the Roosters. The Roosters did not play that well offensively against them, which shows that their defense is actually capable of being a championship defense. But what hurt them the most was that when the big plays needed to be made, 
they didn't make them. And that has a lot to do with the experience they have in the Maple League. They have players who played in the Maple League, and they have players who haven't played in the Maple League, all sharing the field. The Roosters are a Maple League team. They have players who played in the Maple League, and that was the biggest difference when they ran up against them. So for the Huskies, they they have nothing else to prove now except for how far can you go. Like You've proven that you're a Maple League team, so now can you prove that you're the best team in the Maple League? And I still feel like they have a long way to go to catch up to the Roosters because of what I, I just said previously is that Maple League experience. You can't make up the experience of winning championships during the season. That Roosters team has won championships. And that's the difference in those games is you'll see that when the Huskies get into certain situations, if it's easy, they're fine. Because it's a high-tempo offense. Uh, the defense is smothering. They're very high energy as well. But when they get into those situations where you have to put up or shut up, we don't know what they're going to do because they haven't been in those situations. So that's the only thing keeping them from being the best team in the league right now is arising to those occasions and making those big plays. And yeah, I just wanted to add one little quick thing that you said, like um, about having uh, the Maple League experience. Uh, and also, it's, like you said, they have guys that have played. The guys that haven't played in the Maple League. But one thing that I also want to point out is that they have they don't have enough guys that have played in the Maple League together as one team. Uh, this is still a team that has a lot of new pieces compared to the Roosters having guys that have been a part of that dynasty together mm-hmm. for a few years. Um, I think that they do have a lot of new pieces on the team. I mean, you got Oko coming in. You have a few linebackers. You have a DB. But overall, the core of that offense and defense has played together, which means that they've had years to gel. And even in those years, some of those guys have been a part of all five of those championships. So, like I said, it's not even just always about how many guys that they have that had a Maple League experience. As a team, have they been through adversity together? As a team, have they had comeback from behind victories together? As a team, have they had success together? And like you said, that's the biggest difference between both of them because the Roosters not only have the Maple League experience, but they have a core of guys that have done it together. And I think that's what's going to continue to allow them to be successful down the road. Well, pretty much you're segueing into the top team, Helsinki Roosters. Keep on talking, Jabari. I think that, you know, this team is uh this team has silenced a lot of people. What I mean about that is at the beginning, you know, we had them as a top three team, but nobody wanted to put them at number one. Uh, you know, we um and I guess that's because, you know, people hate to see them at number one. But you have to only admire what they do. I mean, um, you can say whatever you want about this team. You can say, Oh, they do this, oh, they cheat, this and that. This team works hard and they've been able to prove that with how they've played as a team. Uh, they have the best defense in the league by far. I think that this defense has stepped it up even more than where they were last year. And this offense has made a dramatic change from being a run-heavy offense to a passing offense. Um, I think that they have a lot of talent on the team, and they are undefeated because of that. Um, they play more games, as we've said, but that even shows more why they're the best team because they have players that are competing in two different leagues. They've been able to remain healthy. They've been able to remain focused. They've been able to remain disciplined. And because of that, 
I think they're six and oh, seven oh in the Maple League right now. And I don't think that right now anybody is trying to touch them. Now you can say I'm being biased, you can say I'm bandwagon, da 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 da. The proof is in the pudding. You look on the stat sheets, they got the number one offense. You look on the defensive side, they got the number one defense. You look at their personnel, they have MVP candidates all over the field right now. And that's why they're the number one team. But let's not forget the veteranship of this team. That defense, um, you may have two or three new pieces on that defense. But beyond that, over 85 90% of the guys that are on that defense won the Maple Bowl last year, as well as this offense. Even with the offense, the offensive line, we talked about how young they were, how raw they may be. They're doing enough to get Brandon Connect time to get that ball out to those receivers. So my thing is, what can you say about them that they shouldn't be the number one team in the league? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this now. I am on the bandwagon. I don't care what nobody say, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, first, uh, shout out to Yarmo Lati because those guys are doing a lot with the Rooster organization in general. What are what are y'all, 23-0 and 0 as an organization, Coach? Yeah, yeah, yeah somewhere I mean, around there. Shit, if that ain't proven to put it, I don't know what it is. They ain't just winning in the Maple League. It's a cultural thing. That's what the Roosters do. They win. Now, I'm going to be honest. Before the season, I didn't have them ranked number one. And not based because I thought, oh, well, I don't know what they're going to do or I just don't want them number one. But because, in all honesty, I was going off of the team that they were last year. And I felt like they might be a little bit better, but – I wasn't sure. In my opinion, this team would beat last year's team by 40 points. And not because of the wide open spread offense that a lot of people have been like loving, which I enjoy too. It is actually fun to watch the games that the Roosters play this year, which is comparison last year. I didn't care for a lot of their games. That defense is crazy good. I'm sorry, but if you watch this defense play, that defense, especially the red zone defense, they have a, a type of swagger to them that you haven't seen before in the Maple League. That defense, they're going to hit you in the mouth. If you got a spread offense and you think you can find holes, they'll let you find the holes early. Get your way down to the field if you, if you can. If you can't, that's your fault. But if you get down there, this defense is not letting you score. I don't know what their red zone percentage is, but I know that – the Huskies were one for five in the red zone against them, and the Royals were, I think, two for six in the red zone against them. That's four for like 14 or something like that. If you get in the red zone against a team, you're not scoring. And if you look at the 